Hey guys, welcome back to uh, Football Update during the divisional round. This is Andy. And this is Robin. Hey guys, uh, we're just going to have a nice little short and sweet episode. You know, mm. the one the benefit, Robin, I think, of these playoffs is you don't have to go through uh, yeah. <laughs> 14 to 16 games. Oh yeah, week. yep, yep, just all the big ones, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to start uh, with going over the uh, past week's uh, wild card. Mm-hmm. rounds uh starting with saturday uh robin we had uh the seahawks losing to the mm-hmm. 49ers uh it was the game was 41 to 23 mm-hmm. um the interesting thing of this game though robin was it was actually mm-hmm. pretty close i think till like i can't remember exactly i think it was either towards the middle or beginning of the third quarter yeah when it started to just snowball in the uh the 49ers mm-hmm. direction uh in your opinion what, what do you think happened it just it finally started just rolling towards San Francisco's way, so to speak. Well, I think Seattle just had a great second quarter where I think they were one point down 10 nothing, and they ended up 17-16 at half because they got a couple nice touchdown drives, and then they got a penalty right before the end of the half with, um, what's his name? Uh, I think it was Dre, Dre Greenlaw or somebody else who got a personal foul that helped set up Seattle for the field goal to take the lead, but... Um, in the second half of games, that um, defense with D'Amico Ryans as their coordinator, they usually find out what you do really, really well and then just shut you out the rest of the way. So that was basically what happened um, throughout the entirety of the second half. And Purdy, they were to move the ball a bunch in the first half, but settled for three field goals. And then pretty much the whole second half, we're able to go up and down the field, get a couple turnovers for short fields and then score pretty much every time they had the ball. Yeah. And I got to give Kyle Shanahan credit. Like mm. this really feels like the team he's been wanting to build for the yeah. past four or five years where it's just like, mm. it's kind of similar to the bills mentality, like the mm. next man up. Uh, the only difference is somehow he's figured out to use that with the quarterback situation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, uh, and I don't want to take anything away from Brock Purdy. Uh, mm. You know, I, I still think, you know, he's doing a good job, yeah. but uh, the exciting thing for these next couple of weeks is you're, you're mm. wanting to see how, is it the system or is it the quarterback more? Yeah. Uh, kind of how I said last week, I mm. said it wrong at first, like he's kind of like a younger Tom Brady just when he's first mm. starting to get his footing where he was a late, you know, late round pick and no one really expected this. Uh, and again, obviously not saying he's the next GOAT, but it's, it's kind of fun to see mm. the Mr. Irrelevant turning into yeah. Mr. Relevant, as they're saying. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, congratulations to San Fran. Uh, and, again, you feel for Seattle. Mm. You know, they played a good game and just kind of got away from them. But, you know, they, they played a hell of a year this year. Uh, I'll be honest mm. myself, I, I did not think that they were going to go anywhere. Yeah, me neither, yeah. And... And they still won because they got mm. they got the Broncos pick, so they still are drafting. I think in the top five. Somewhere. Number five pick, yeah. That was number yep, number five. That's mm. right. So you know, you, you know, you give yourself a bow. You know, had a great year. Uh, you know, Geno mm. Smith, I think, had the comeback player of the year. So mm. I'm really hoping he uh, he earns it. Yeah. This year, so but it's very very exciting and. Uh, Seattle fans, I think you have a pretty good future ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving to the Saturday game, uh, it was. I still can't believe how this game turned out. Yeah, uh, thirty Jacksonville 
uh, 31, Chargers 30. What do you think happened, uh, Robin? Just because they are up, they again, I, the game was pretty much close to being over. I, I believe it was 27 to 7. 20, at, the end, like, at the end of the first half, yeah. At the end of the first half, and just mm-hmm. a, after that, just I don't know, just I don't know what happened mm-hmm. to the Chargers' offense, but uh, in your eyes, what what do you think it was that led to the comeback, and why was mm-hmm. the the Chargers just doing the same old Chargers, so to speak? Well, there was a funny viral video that came out this week of a. Uh, person like recording a Chargers fan waking up from a nap they had taken a nap when it was 27 to 7 and a half time and waking them up to show them the final score which probably feels like a nightmare to that person but I'm not sure he had a reaction other than just complete shock and disappointment but um yeah I think it was just uh they were able to uh, move the ball practically every possession and score every possession from the end of the first half um, to make it go from 27 nothing to 27-7 throughout the um, whole second half with long clock turning drives. And the Chargers, with the lead, only got the ball to Austin Eckler, I think, five or six times in the second half. And, you know, that's very questionable play calling and may have resulted in the firing of their offense coordinator, Joe Lombardi. Um, so it was basically Trevor Lawrence overcoming four interceptions and still playing into it. And um, very reminiscent of when Andrew Luck had a few turnovers against Kansas City a few years back and led him back from a 28-point deficit, and this one was 27. Um, so, yeah, just a very Chargering-esque second half that, you know, but probably the biggest version of Chargering that we've seen in a lot of years, which is saying quite a lot for that franchise. And uh, before we get back into the Chargers, I, I do, like you said, I just mm-hmm. want to give clapping my hands to Trevor Lawrence and Doug mm. Peterson, just, just staying at it, you know, he's, he mm. does what a quarterback should do, just like yeah. he goes to win the game, just, just mm. relaxed, you know, stay focused and uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit more uh, in the previews for this week's games, but mm. my goodness I, mm. I'm, I'm actually very excited for this Chiefs-Jaguars mm. game coming up and, uh, and the, the other thing I think the Chargers had was a lot of penalties. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, Joey Bosa kind of lost his time oh, yeah. this weekend. And I'll, I'll give him, even if that one that one play where they are, um, the, the the Jaguars were offsides or something yeah. like that. Yeah, false start, still, yeah. Still, like, you, you could have waited. Mm. You could have gone off the sideline, onto the sideline to throw your helmet, but you still threw it in bounds. Yeah. Ugh. And, and the other thing, um, I was gonna say, uh, I know we're gonna be talking about the head, the uh, head coach openings, but uh, I think we should talk about the chart. I really feel that Spano's kind of did a half measure. Mm-hmm. As, uh, yeah. Mike Mike said to Walter White in uh, season three of uh, of uh, Breaking Bad, no more half measures. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I mean, maybe it was Lombardi's fault partially for not like, hey, let's mm-hmm. run. We have Austin Eckler. Let's run the ball, but. For Brandon Staley, I, if I remember correctly, he also calls most, mm. if not all, the defensive plays, and that, that's your specialty. Yeah, I mean, there's just a bunch of situations this week where, you know, coordinators are getting fired for, you know, um, reasons that their side of the ball didn't get it done, even though, you know, you could say the head coach has some culpability or responsibility in it. 
unfortunately that's kind of the case with the Chargers with Lombardi, their linebacker coach, their quarterback coach, that the offense never really reached the heights that it could have. But, you know, the receivers were hurt a bunch this year and Mike Williams was out. And you think in a one-point game, he would have made a difference on, you know, those third downs where they were trying to get more points or score in the red zone or, um, you know, just stay on the field. He probably would have made a difference on at least a few of those plays and not having him out there. But regardless, it's just very bizarre that they could not, um, you know, get consistent points. Even in the first half when they got those four picks, they didn't really score in the red zone as well as they could have um, in order to, you know, just finish this game off that you would have thought looking at it, oh, they got this one in the bag. I can't see the Chargers do anything. But then one score after another, and then the pressure just kind of tightened um, on them um, more and more. And you could just kind of see that between Bosa and, you know, just the offense possessions not coming through and resulting in a couple three and outs when you're hoping to at least move the ball and even get points. And the other thing is just it just I think the one thing that Brandon Stanley did was, mm. like as we were saying before, was he played all those players, including mm. Mike Williams, in a yeah. game that they did not at all have to play. They were locked mm. in. I think they broke the cardinal rule of mm-hmm. any game if you're up by that much points, especially in playoffs. You just you run you run mm-hmm. that clock down as much as you can. You yeah. Just, you have Austin Eckler, who uh, I've been a fan of even before he was the number one back when mm-hmm. Gordon was. Oh the yeah. One. So it, it feels like now, mm-hmm. since they did chose the half measure, maybe they didn't think maybe Spanos didn't think they could get Sean Payton. In. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is just like a, a last chance year for Staley? Like, you know what? Yeah, we, we fired, mm. fired the other guys. This is, you know, yeah. we're going to try it your way. But, you know. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely pressure, but I do wonder how expensive the charters are willing to go um, to get a big-time head coach because usually they're not very big on paying head coaches big money or assistants big money. Um, you know, even under Schoenheimer, they weren't able to get the big time assistant coaches that he would have liked. Um, and you know, um, it is bizarre that they have this type of game and they keep, you know, their head coach, but Schoenheimer goes 14 and two. And if it's not for, um, the defensive back, Marlon McCree, not fumbling an interception, you know, they're going to the AFC title game, but instead they fire Schoenheimer after 14 and two, just chargers even with um, before uh, Spanos held at Gene Klein, they'd always have money issues. So um, they just don't seem like the type of franchise that is willing to spend as big as it could. And that's unfortunate when you got a guy as good as, or at least as talented as Justin Herbert. Um, you know, so you always wonder if they're ever going to win anything, even though it's very early in his career. Because mm-hmm. I know we're going to touch on on the other opening jobs. If mm-hmm. out of all of the jobs and potential locations Sean Payton would mm-hmm. go to, you'd figure that Justin would probably be the best one. Oh yeah. You know, with mm-hmm. Houston, it's always a gamble with picking a new kid. Mm-hmm. With Russell, well, I think Russ, if the right core, uh, sorry, not right, mm-hmm. the right head coach can yep. help Russell out, but that's still a little bit of a gamble. Mm-hmm. And it feels that like Kyler still has some maturity issues here. Mm-hmm. From what I've 
Yeah, and then also recovering from the injury too for at least right. half a year to a year. Yeah. yeah. So it just it mm-hmm. seemed like the golden goose, but you know, I think, mm-hmm. like you said, it just you know, the Chargers' ownership hasn't been very mm-hmm. sp- spot on for seeking good talent and getting rid of talent. Like as you mentioned, Marty Schott, mm-hmm. remember, that's still mm-hmm. I was still flabbergasted about that to this day. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, going to the Sunday games, uh, our Bills mm-hmm. won thirty-four, thirty-one. Uh, not gonna lie, kind of a sloppy game. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I will say this, though. I, I still would love to petition the league to <laughs> somehow change the interception rules. Like, if like if it's the other player, if it's, like, the receiver's fault, that it falls, you know. You know, it just it, you just feel bad for, for quarterbacks because years, years from now, like, someone will look at, like, oh, a three, a two interception, a two inter- or three interception game. Sometimes it's more the receivers. Uh, the, first, if the first one was the... Was the John Brown interception? That was a that was a beautiful bomb. I, I will have mm. to say that. And I think John's still getting his feet wet. Mm. I think the second one, it was uh, it wasn't even Cole's fault. It was just a very, mm-hmm. you know, it was a, it was a divisional game. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and I do, and I did want to say that before you know Robin would definitely talk in detail mm-hmm. about it is you could be the greatest team of all time, but you could still mm-hmm. almost lose or lose to your divisional opponent just because they yeah. know you like back mm-hmm. there. That, that was the only thing I want to say. But what was your take on this? Yeah, it was one of those games where it could have been um, very easily 28-3 or 28-6 at half. You know, if you have the Shakir bomb that doesn't go through, that would have gotten them in the red zone when they're up 17-6. to They have the Knox play, which is, you know, um, I guess the rule is if the ground helps you contain the catch or, like, hold on to it, then it's not really a catch. Um, so if those two plays go differently, it might be a different halftime thing. But I think the team kind of lost a little bit of composure um, end of first half into the second half. They're up 17 zip, and then Bass hits a kick out of bounds. All of a sudden, just a series of things goes wrong. But they recalibrated, got it back to 10-point lead. But the one time they let... Um, Miami go down the field for a long drive. They get it within three, and then it was just a struggle to get through through the end of the rest of the game. Um, it is a three-point game, and they could have very easily lost it, but um, you take away the big mistakes. They did a lot of things really great, but um, you know, it's some. Of, hopefully it's a sign of, well, they'll get rid of those things for the rest of the playoffs, but it's, you know, if they keep having those mistakes, it's definitely something that'll keep them out of the... Um, Super Bowl hunt. And I'm actually happy you touched on that. Just it, it feels like mm. sometimes you, as it's sad, but you know sometimes teams need a game where they just kind of yeah. work out the kinks, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, I, again, I still got to give Mike Daniels a lot of props. Yeah. He, he called an incredible game. Mm. Uh, and again, it's just you know it's just it's a divisional game. Yeah. So, so to speak, and it's just you never know what you get at. Mm. But I, I think. You know, the one thing I was happy about the Bills game is the two errors from the game, mm. both Shakir and Beasley, I think they redeemed themselves. Uh, oh, Shakir yeah. Mm. got, uh, I can't remember which quarter it was, but Shakir had that incredible... Uh, yeah, in the ball. fourth, yep, yeah, I remember that one, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Cole got his first touchdown of the year, which was yeah. very exciting mm-hmm. to see. <clears throat> so, so as Bills fans, yay, mm. Buffalo. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a very interesting game this coming up this week. Uh, mm-hmm. So, 
the next game, uh, Giants 31, uh, Vikings 24. Mm. Uh, I think us and I think almost everyone this year, Robin, really thought mm. that as good as the Vikings have been playing, they just, mm. again, they just, they were minus five in point differential this whole year, and everyone yeah. was saying it's going to catch up to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, looked, it looked like it did. That being said, I just want to mm-hmm. say the last thing I say is, with the exception of the last drive or last play of the game, Kirk Cousins did a pretty dang good job. He had 273 mm-hmm. yards, two touchdowns, and he actually ran one in for another mm-hmm. touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, he had you know a pretty solid game overall, but that fourth and eight is just something that I don't know if you see that from any other you know top 10 or elite quarterbacks where... You know, and again, he was under pressure, you know, the great pressure by Dexter Lawrence, but can you really count on a three yard check down when you have a player as good as Justin Jefferson? For whatever reason, he didn't get targeted the whole, um, fourth quarter. And I think after his touchdown, he only had three catches for 17 yards. Um, so I'm not sure if he wasn't open or they didn't try and, draw up some more things for him and I'm sure they double and bracketed him but a guy that good yeah I gave him the ball and especially in the case of the Vikings where um Thielen's an aging vet and doesn't seem like the same type of guy Osborne has his moments but isn't consistent enough yet he had a chance to get a third down catch right before that fourth down and then uh Hawkinson's been surprisingly great for them but I I don't view him in the same lens as a Kelsey or a Kittle where, you know, he can dominate the game from his position. So whenever teams take away Justin Jefferson, that offense really just takes kind of a bit of a nosedive, regardless of how well Cousins is playing. Um, but Dayball, Ryan Dayball, you know, definitely probably cinched coach of the year with getting into the divisional round. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say this, Hawkinson Hawk, might have had the mm. best game of his career. He had a... Yeah. Ten receptions, 129 yards, but you know it's both like games said, against the Giants huge. Yeah, and it just—I think you're mm. right. It's just you know once you shut down Justin, you know they still they still you know can put up points, but not be the difference maker that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you think uh, Adam Thielen's kind of losing it a bit, or did, mm. uh, just you know because like three or four years ago, back when Stephon mm. and in Adam with one and two, they just kind of felt like the dynamic duo where mm. if one wasn't open, you would kind of toss it to Adam. So do you think it's kind of like him getting a little older? Or? That, and I think, well, he had double-digit touchdowns last year, but I think in this new offense where, you know, Kevin O'Connell from the Rams kind of brings that offense where they gave Cooper Cup all those touches, and now they find a way to do the same thing with Justin Jefferson kind of feels like Thielen's a bit of a forgotten guy, and then they have Osborne, who can play pretty great, and now Hawkinson. So I think there's still something there with him, but with as big a contract as he has, Harrison Smith, um, a couple other guys, Darius Smith, um, Eric Kendrick, some of those guys might get you know cut, and I know it's crazy to think about this, about 13-14, but if you just forget about what the record ended up being, they're mostly an average football team. And, you know, I'm not sure they'll be able to, you know, unless they remake the roster and get younger and faster and they just fire their defensive coordinator at Donatel um, this week. If they're able to fully remake that defense and add 
a little bit more firepower outside of Jefferson. They can still be right up there, maybe in the same record, but if they don't, they could easily fall to, you know, wildcard, even right below wildcard status. Absolutely. Uh, on the flip side, like mm-hmm. like Robin was saying, you know, Brian Dable, local Western New Yorker, just well, just talking about turning a team mm-hmm. around. You know, he's just doing an incredible job. He's it's one of those teams where they might not have the overall record, but they're just they're a team that could potentially beat any team. I think. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I always love tuning Brandon Bean's horn, so mm-hmm. to speak. But it that just shows how great of a GM Brandon mm-hmm. is because like. There's at least a dozen players, you know, yeah. obviously from Buffalo, because um, their new GM mm. is also uh, right under Brandon or a couple spots under yep. Brandon. So just it's just kind of nice to show how mm. talented the GM Brandon is. But uh, you would have liked yeah, to have kept Hodgins on Buffalo, but you know he is probably producing higher than he was in was going to in Buffalo. That's what I was going to say. As, as mm. good as he is doing. And I think, you know, it is, you know, it's just, I think if he would have stayed in Buffalo, he still would have been like, you know, mm-hmm. third or fourth string kind of receiving. So yeah. I think it, it worked out for him in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm very happy to see that. Uh, you got the Bengals and the, and the Ravens. Uh, mm-hmm. God, I feel, I, I feel for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even though I love the Bengals, I, I know I, I figured I, I would have preferred the Ravens winning just because. Mm-hmm. It would have definitely helped the Bills out in mm-hmm. the long run. But it was just that one play on the mm-hmm. one-yard line where uh, yeah. he overextended it. Yeah. Uh, they fumbled it for return, return mm-hmm. touchdown. Happy for Hubbard. He's a hometown oh, yeah. boy. Mm-hmm. But it just, even at the end of that game, you just, you kept, you saw them there. They were driving mm-hmm. to try to get a touchdown. I, I was thinking in my head, like, Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, you know, if they instead of losing the fumble or they mm. Dobbins, like Dobbins kept saying, yeah, uh, you know, either they could have Dobbins got in for a touchdown, or worst case scenario, you had the most accurate kicker, mm-hmm. you know, in uh, in the NFL history to yeah. that one, and they could have so they could have won went away with that one. Do you think it was? I, I don't think it was so much they had a bad game. It's just you know sometimes mm. those plays can go either way. Yeah, they they came up with a pretty great game plan, really limited the Bengals' offense. Um, You know, studs like Roquan Smith at linebacker and the rookie Kyle Hamilton, um, who ranked, I think, is the best safety in the NFL per pro football focus. He has a great play where he forces a fumble late in the first half, but then they only get three points out of that drive. They have the one where they get inside um, the five, and they don't give it to Dobbins at all, and... Um, whenever you're doing that sneak and reaching it across, you want to be at least a yard, if not half a yard away from the end zone. And they start from the yard and a half because, you know, as soon as you reach that ball across, someone's going to hit it and punch it out. Unfortunately, that, that happened, I think about a half yard or so before, um, the end zone. So then it goes all the way the other way. And it's literally a 14 point swing. Um, and that's hard to overcome even, with your starting quarterback, let alone a backup. So Dobbins expressed his frustration about that um, after the game. And, you know, and then they almost have the Hail Mary, but, you know, Prochet's there and it doesn't, um, he's not able to corral it, which would have tied it up or maybe they score and go for the two-pointer. But, you know, again, the Ravens are kind of a team that they're gritty and tough and all this and that, but 
They just don't have the playmakers or the offense to get playmakers in there, which is a reason why they may have moved on from uh, Greg Roman as offense coordinator, maybe somewhat mutual. But, yeah, I think the Ravens kind of blew a chance to get a big upset, but at the same time it might force them to kind of look in the mirror and say, okay, let's find a way to keep Lamar Jackson, find a way to make, you know, his talent shine through both running and throwing. Um, but yeah, Cincinnati, both Cincinnati and Buffalo survived with less than stellar performances. And I will want to say, I think from the Ravens Mm -hmm. perspective, I think the ownership made the right move because Mm -hmm. Greg Roman Mm -hmm. uh, used to be one of the Bills offensive coordinators during the, uh, uh, the first year with, uh, Sean McDermott. Uh, no, it was, um, uh, Rex. Oh, that's right. That is Rex with um, Tyrod, and yeah. And then he was there for Mm. his last years with Sean's. uh, Yeah, because again, Mm. the Bills, one of the big slogans like five or six years ago was Bills run deep. Mm. It's a very good running game. It's just Mm. you need to do some throwing, and Lamar was the. And that shows how how much how far that kind of offense will go because mm. yes Lamar plays dang good and you'll get mm. in the playoffs and maybe win a round mm. but you just you'll you'll get knocked out eventually sooner or later mm-hmm. just playing against that kind of that kind of uh, mm-hmm. I can't talk today <laughs> that kind of offense yeah so and I think you know Harbaugh you know was a smart move to stay with him still just because mm. he's He's been there from from '08. He's been a, been a phenomenal coach. They mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, and uh, there was a I think there was a stat that he was like he won. He has like either the most or near the most uh, yeah. wins for uh, for road games in the playoff mm-hmm. history. But uh, yeah, close game for both Bills uh, and Bengals. But uh, looking forward mm-hmm. to that game. Uh, yeah. The last game of Wild Card Weekend was uh, Monday night mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay. I feel for you. Uh, I still think, and again, uh, it's mm. incredible that Tom didn't even have a this whole year. Tom did not have a horrific, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a hor- horrific year. I mean, he mm. he threw for three hundred fifty yards, two, mm. two touchdowns, and one pick, and he mm. he had sixty. He he threw the ball sixty six times. That's yeah. just, and I, I just think this year. Mm. It was more that the Buccaneers were just depleted mm. completely from, from offense, and they, I think they sold out for that one Super Bowl and mm. the uh, the run they had last year. You know, it's just sometimes it's just mm. uh, the bill comes due, as they say. Yeah, and you wonder if they're gonna. I mean, the thing is because Brady has uh, they have him on the cap regardless of whether he's there, whether he's retired, whether he goes to another team. You know, it's sounding like Tam Bay's going to do everything in their power to bring him back. Um, he does have, I guess, family on the East Coast, so maybe if he doesn't want to move or change that situation, he'll probably stay in Tampa. I would have thought maybe he moved out to, he would move out to Vegas with McDaniels, a couple other things, but, um, you know, at least in the NFC South, you're basically guaranteed a home playoff game if you win that division, and it's them and a bunch of you know teams that you don't really know what to make of that division. But as for the game and the season itself, you know, banged up on the offensive line. Ryan Jensen 
didn't play the whole year until this game and turned out in training camp towards ACL, PCL, and MCL, but didn't have surgery so that he could come back and play in the playoff run. And, you know, he did his best in this game, but, um, you know, just the offensive line as a whole didn't do much in the run game or pass protection wise. Um, yeah, Parsons was able to get pressure and same with Lawrence. And then, you know, eventually you just don't do much on offense. And uh, Prescott, Dak Prescott probably played maybe his best, at least career playoff game, maybe best game of his career after a couple three and outs and just went, you know, managed the game, but also made plays on the run, made some spectacular um, plays in the red zone. And, you know, he made plays in the red zone while Brady, on the other hand, couldn't really get into the end zone a couple of times and had that one just throw that was just like, he was, looked like he was trying to throw out of the end zone, but then he put his feet in it and just hung up, got intercepted. And, you know, they score on that possession. It's a 7-7 game. And said, you know, Tampa's, or excuse me, uh, Cowboys are able to take that, go all the way the other way, score. And even with all the kicking issues with Brett Maher, you know, they're able to, <laughs> they're able to just, you know, dominate throughout the entire game and kind of showed they're, they're still a dangerous team if they put it all together and they have that capability regardless of what they showed against Washington the last week. Yeah, I, I was happy you brought that up. There was a great mm. meme I saw on Facebook about when they photoshopped uh, Mars' face over uh, the kicker from the replacements. And oh, Jesus. They're, they're going to take my pub. <laughs> Uh, I, I will. I will say. I. Mm. I. I just. I feel bad for Kickner sometimes because it's mm, just. Yeah. Every everybody has a bad game. It's just sadly when a kicker has a bad game that mm. kind of fortunately didn't mess the team up. But, yeah. Uh, so I, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. You know. I, yeah. I, mean, I think Dak was still a little upset. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, the other thing, uh, mm. I don't know where I saw it, but apparently Dak was mad that they had to play a Monday night game. Yes. Yeah. Something about a cruise. And I, I wanted to bring that out just because it's like, mm. dude, mm. You, were yeah. in the, you were in the playoffs yeah. potentially hunting for a Super Bowl. You need to focus completely. Yeah. You know, even if it's a two, two or three day vacation between a game, mm. you you want to bring bring all that you can to win this win it all. Yeah, I think, and I mean, you know, I understand from the standpoint that they automatically have a short week, but they're the team that's playing the last divisional round game when they go up to San Fran. So, you know, and the Rams were in the same spot last year playing the Monday night um, playoff game. Now they had it at home, but, you know, they end up going and win the Super Bowl with basically the same circumstances. So, you know, as much as Dallas wants to complain about it, you know, it's a situation you're dealt with and you play it the best you can. And so far they've done that. Now um, they do face maybe the most juggernaut team, not juggernaut quarterback or players, but juggernaut team um, with the Niners. So, you know, if they can put together a great performance, though, they do have a shot at winning in San Fran. That's Yeah. Now, before we go over the uh, games for this upcoming week, we're just going to mm. quickly go over the uh, couple job openings that we have mm. with uh, for the head coaching jobs. Uh, mm. Obviously, they got the Cardinals. Uh, mm. uh, I think it was either I believe it was Rich Eisen who said that some mm. of these head coaching jobs, it's like mm. it's win lose, but you still kind of win because if mm. you, you lose your job, but Cliff Kingsbury is like 
he is generationally wealthy now. I think he made like 20, <laughs> yeah. 30 million. Yeah. He's, he booked a one-way trip to Thailand <laughs> with, his, his, with his beautiful girlfriend taking yeah. photos. And like, dude, cats off to you, dude. That's, yeah. that's, mm. that's, that's the way to do it. Uh, yeah. The other one I wanted to mention is I, I love what Lovey Smith did. And mm. like, the rumor is he kind of heard that they were trying to get rid of him. So yeah. he's just like, oh, really? Okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's win this team, guys. Mm, yeah. And then you, uh, yeah, we had the Broncos with uh, the Nathaniel Hackett experiment, which mm. uh, I think there was some issues with Russ. But I mean, if you, you looked at, at the games after Hackett left, Russ yeah. was starting to play better. So, mm-hmm. and, and I feel bad for players. Just you know, for mm. coaches, the coaches sometimes they, they can be very mm. nice people. I mm. watched some of the interviews with Nathaniel. Mm. Very sweet man. It's just mm. you know, some, as I always say, sometimes you're better number two than a yeah better than a number one. Mm. Uh, then we have the Colts and the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Robin, out of all these teams, who do you think is going to win the uh, Sean Payton uh, sweepstakes? I think the Broncos have the most money with the Walmart family having ownership of that team. And um, I do think as difficult as Russell Wilson is, um, Sean Payne was able to get the best out of late career Drew Brees. So in a similar situation, I think he can do that. Now you do wonder about with how much they're paying him and they have to pay you know young stars on defense like Pat Sertan um, and a couple other guys on that defense, how they'll be able to put around good offensive weapons, good line, all that. But... You give me a Russ, you give me Javante Williams, um, get a little bit of a deep passing attack, and somehow keep that defense playing at an elite level. Um, I do really like that situation. Carolina's somewhat interesting, but you don't know what the quarterback situation is. The cap situation's not great. Um, elite defense, though, and you give Sean Payton with potentially him and Vic Fangio coming in as the defense coordinator. You give them that type of defense. Um, they don't need the offense to be immediately amazing. Um, and maybe they can find a veteran like a Derek Carr or somebody. Um, Houston does have all the draft capital, but it, it's just been such a messy situation with three or four coaches the last three years. So right now I'd say Denver. It's also possible Sean Payne kind of looks and says, None of these jobs are perfect. I can wait another year, but that's my read on it. I, I would agree, Fon. I, I think if he's going to mm. go somewhere, my money would be the Broncos, just because mm. even though, yes, he, they don't have a first-round draft fix for the next couple mm. of years, but like Robin says, it's the Walton family. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're Walmart. You know, <laughs> we, got, we got the check, and I think a lot of players would love to go play for Sean Payton. So yeah. that's, a, that's another thing. Um, you brought up the Panthers. Now, would you do you think my reason? I, I'm fifty fifty if that would work, just because it is in the mm-hmm. Saints division. So, I mean, do you think if they get offered the right amount, they'll still give them to the Panthers, or do you think they would be like, mm, let's not try to make our division too tough? I think they would, just because the Saints are like they need draft capital. Their cap situation is always year to year. We have to restructure. 10 to 20 contracts just to get under the cap. And then the next year they have to do the same thing and the same thing and the same thing. And this year they don't have a first rounder to kind of help replenish the roster. So um, at this case, in this case, you kind of take what you can get with that. 
Will they get the John Gruden two first, two seconds, and some money? I don't know, um, but that is, I think, what New Orleans is pushing for. I don't think they'll get it, but if they can get anything close, like a first-rounder and something else, or even just a first-rounder, I think you take it, and then you do the best with what you can with that. And the other thing mm. is uh, we have the other Harbaugh with mm. Michigan. Now, I know he was he talked with the Broncos. Mm. Uh, other than there, do you think you would maybe see – possibly the, the Cardinals or the Texans because again you with the Cardinals you got Kyler Murray and you got mm-hmm. some really good pieces on both sides uh, here and there and then you have the Texans mm-hmm. who are built for a rebuild so I would say the only mm-hmm. the one thing that the Texans have is it's kind of like a, a blank check mm-hmm. kind of like you build mm-hmm. the team as you see fit yeah I, I get the feeling that Harbaugh's kind of used the last two three years um, as trying to get somebody interested from the NFL so that it helps his contract situation with Michigan. Um, I don't really send, I mean, maybe he does want to go to the NFL, but I don't think, I think the NFL wants to go younger, more um, creative offense trick or just more energy um, with younger coaches. And, you know, I think Carbaugh's kind of, um, you know, good in his element in college where he has a lot more control and he doesn't have to deal with the GM and anything like that. Um, Cause that was maybe the main reason he left San Fran is he just didn't get along very well with Trent Balky. who's now running things in Jacksonville. Um, but I think Harbaugh is probably not really much of an NFL option. Now maybe next year, if he somehow won a national title at Michigan, he would probably have a little bit more leverage to go and more of a, um, more of a profile, but I do think um, the way that he coaches things with, you know, a lot of run game and defense, I think, you know, five, six years ago, that would be perfect in the NFL. Now it's more, well, you got to be able to be a little bit more creative with the passing game and just um, having more team speed rather than just big toughness. And the last thing I want to mention about the openings is, uh, as you everyone probably heard, uh, uh, the Bills' offensive coordinator was offered an interview mm-hmm. with the Panthers this mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, should should the Bills be worried that he's put, spending a little time, too much time on this, or do you think it's a little bit like people overreacting? I think it's kind of a bit of an overreaction because I know D'Amico Ryan's. I think it has something like three or four interviews scheduled this week. Um, you know, so, and then Wink Martindale and a couple, the Giants coordinators, they have interviews. Now they have it them after, um, the game on Saturday, on Sunday, they have those interviews, but I mean, you know, you do most of your game planning Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then, you know, you'll have, you know, even a couple hours more Sunday to get ready for that game. But I think they mostly have what they want to do. And I think Ken Dorsey even said it best. He may be paraphrasing here a little bit, but he basically said, you know, um, it doesn't look great if you, you know, have a bad game, your last game, you know, coordinating. So, um, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, how great the interview is if, you know, you don't do very well um, coaching, you know, but I don't think it's really a huge deal. I mean, you know, Kyle Shanahan 
when he was, you know, getting the Niners job, it was like known for a couple weeks after the, you know, Falcons playoff run. But I mean, he was still calling his best stuff, you know, until that Super Bowl game. But by then he already had known, oh, I'm getting the uh, Niners job anyway. It's just a formality. So, um, yeah, I don't really see too big. I know people will make it a big deal with, you know, how big the offense can be and sometimes how, you know, much turnover prone it can be. But, you know, it's his first year as a coordinator too. So I think whenever he has struggles, it's tough to, um, you know, 100% say he's a good or bad one because it's his first year doing this. Meanwhile, Dayball had, you know, over a decade of experience um, being a coordinator. Yeah. And then the uh, one thing I was going to mention, I, I did forget Eric Bienemy had an mm. interview with the uh, Colts. So mm. that's pretty interesting. And uh, yeah. he, he's had a few interviews the past mm. years. It, it feels like he never gets hired. So. Yeah. I mean, this could be his, his this could be his big mm. break. Cause I haven't really seen too many other mm. big uh, things coming from Indianapolis. I think just, uh, they have the most interviews. They like have have had a ton. There's still some planned over, but there's always that leering thing of they could just go to Jeff Saturday again, which would you know I think we both agree that would be a disaster. But Jim Mercy yeah. will do what he wants, so. You'd hope they don't, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, now, uh, just to mm-hmm. go, uh, go through the divisional round, we have. Uh, mm-hmm. now, I, I did want to point out, Robin, it's interesting mm-hmm. that the two one seeds are playing on Saturday yeah. mm-hmm. instead of Sunday. It's, that, that's kind of odd. Like you, you figure, mm-hmm. you know, you you'd want the uh, the number one games maybe mm-hmm. to. Uh, you know what? On second thought, I mean, maybe they were smart and realized yeah. that maybe they're just they're better match better matchups for Sunday. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, now I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, starting with Saturday at four thirty on mm-hmm. the one and only NBC game this weekend, mm-hmm. we have Jacksonville playing at Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is gonna be a good game, no matter what I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with the upset here. This is shocking. I think I'm going to go with the Jaguars. And my, my only reason is mm-hmm. the past month and a half, the Chiefs have just almost lost to completely terrible mm-hmm. teams. Like their secondary is very, very mm-hmm. atrocious, in my opinion. And I just, I don't know. I just have a feeling they didn't have like as we were talking about how the Bills had a, like a like a oopsie kind of game with the, mm-hmm. the Dolphins last week. I just don't think they had a game yet where they had a chance to kind of get it out of their system, really. And mm-hmm. they, again, they almost lost twice to mm-hmm. to the Broncos. Uh, that, and then they also, they, if, if they didn't fumble the ball, they would have lost to the Texans. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is just my opinion. I, I think both offenses mm-hmm. are going to be very great. But I, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to give it to Jacksonville just because they have a slightly better defense. And I, yeah, but it's going to be a fun, it's gonna be a mm-hmm. fun match, whoever wins. You know, it's going to be... Uh, you're gonna have a student and a teacher, yeah. which is always fun to see. Yeah, Doug Pearson was the offense coordinator in Kansas City before he went to Philadelphia, and then sort of Philadelphia to Jacksonville. Um, yeah, I'd like to see what your, your scenario go through, but I do think 
Uh, I think Kansas City in Arrowhead, they've only lost once, or, well, they lost twice in AFC title games to one to Tom Brady and the Patriots and the other last year to Burrow and the Bengals when they completely collapsed. But I do think they'll learn from that experience, play a tough game in this one, but eventually win. Um, They're the type of team that can turn it on on a switch. Um, The one thing that worries me is when they have had to do that in the playoffs they had a Tyreek Hill who could one either take over the game by himself or two as soon as people start double covering him a bunch Kelsey will make a huge play another receiver will make a huge play another receiver will make a huge play um like you know when they were down 24 nothing a few years back to Houston and I think they ended up winning that game 51 to 31 uh yeah So it wasn't even like a half. Oh, it yeah. Like, it was like three three tries, and somehow they're just, yeah. boom, we're back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just crazy like that. I don't know if they have quite that ability without Tyreek, but they have close enough with you know how great Mahomes can be in these type of games. I do think, like you said, Jacksonville's going to play them tough. They have a pretty good defense. Um, they played them earlier this year, and it was a 10-point game. So I don't think they go into the in thinking, oh, we're going to get blown out. I think they have a ton of confidence with six straight wins, and um, they do play them tough, but I have a tough time picking um, them to um, come up with a pretty big upset. But if they did it, that would be just insane. Absolutely. Mm. Um, then we have a, this is always fun, a divisional mm. matchup in the playoffs at- 15 on Fox. We have the Giants playing at Philly. Mm. Uh, this is going to be a fun game. Mm. Um, I will say this: I if I don't think they will, but if if the Giants could pull off an upset, I would not be surprised. Just because, like we say, it's a divisional mm. game, and Dable, you know, mm-hmm. local local Western New Yorker, I think mm. he's going to have a fantastic game plan. I, I still am going to give it to to the Eagles just because mm-hmm. you know they had a little time to rest. You know, the mm-hmm. players were a tiny bit banged up, and Hurts has been playing out of his mind. They have a great mm-hmm. offensive scheme, and their, de- their defense is nothing to uh, to flip your nose at as, as well. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. a very 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 stout defense. So I think it might be a one or two score game, but I, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Eagles on this one. Yeah, their defense had 70 sacks this year. Hurts, when he was fully healthy, was just otherworldly. But, you know, how is that shoulder? He's practiced throughout the week with it, without fully, without too big issue, too much of an issue there. They have, you know, the best group of skill players between the two teams and maybe the best in the league with A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. You worry about that offensive line with Lane Johnson, if he's able to play through all the injury issues he's had. And Avante Maddox at corner is not going to play. But um, I do think Philadelphia, it's in, you know, their building. Um, You know, maybe they come out a little bit sloppy, but I feel like their talent and their coaching will um, do enough to get the job done against the Giants. But the Giants, you know, can they do the, you know, Eli-esque run that they had twice? I don't know, because I think those teams had, you know, 
great receivers like Hakeem Nix, Plaxico Burris, um, Omani Toomer, Victor Cruz, and they don't have that type of element with them um, that can carry them over the top. And even think Jones can play a pretty good level. We haven't seen him do it against an elite defense. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the I, Eagles, I will, too. I will stay for Daniel. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Um, mm-hmm. He's a pretty good runner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I could be mistaken, but I think he had the most rushing yards last mm-hmm. week by any giant. So, yeah. no matter what, it's definitely going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Going to Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, getting Tony Romo again. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, I think this might be the game, game of the week. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, sadly, you know, this game was canceled. You know, yeah. the tragedy with DeMar, but, you know, DeMar's back. Mm. You know, or, or not back playing, mind you. Yeah. you know, DeMar's up and walking. He's mm. been visiting facilities. So this mm. feels like it's going to be a fun game. And, yeah. you know, and I've said it before, if, if the Bills don't make it, I definitely would be pulling for the for the Bengals, even if mm. they do beat us. Just because I really ha- I really, I really was happy of how they treated mm. the Bills. Yeah. And I during that tragedy. Um, this is going to be a very close game for me. I, mm. I really can see it going either way. Uh, I, I'll say this, for the one thing the Bills always have is they're very adaptable defense. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, they'll, uh, excuse me, uh, McDermott mm. and uh, Frazier are going to be watching the plays and stuff mm. like that. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, Cole, Cole's kind of back to where he used to be mm. playing. I, I this is going to be a, I'm not, I think like a sh- kind of a shootout kind of game possibly, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm going to go with my heart on this. Mm-hmm. I, I have to go with the Bills just because mm-hmm. if I don't, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> I will. I, the last thing I will mm-hmm. say, I would definitely feel a lot more comfortable if if Vaughn was not injured because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think that was the reason that they won the Super Bowl last year. The Rams was like yeah. Vaughn was just getting to Burrow, mm-hmm. but you know, it's just sadly sometimes. It's yeah, they. I. You hope that the Bills' defense line can play well, even without Vaughn, because the Bengals' offensive line is going to miss three starters from the regular season. Both their tackles, Jonah Williams, Lael Collins out, Alex Kappa, one of their guards is out. Um, you know, and that offensive line isn't elite to begin with. So you'd hope that the combination of Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, Daquan Jones. Shaq Lawson, A.J. Epineza, Boogie Basham, those guys can get consistent pressure. Maybe you send Milano at two sacks last week. Milano and Edmonds on some pressures as well. Um, I love Mr. Jordan Phillips. Oh, yeah, yeah. If he's able to play, that's huge for them. I mean, he's playing with a torn shoulder, something torn in the shoulder, which I think has kind of affected his um, ability throughout the year. But when he was on early in the year, he's definitely big-time player. Um, it is going to be a tale of the two receiving cores. Um, you know, Cincinnati's definitely the little more hyped one just because they have three guys that are, you know, 1,000-yard caliber in um, Chase, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Um, I do feel a little better about the Bills' corner room than I did a week ago with now... Dane Jackson got back to fully practicing. Um, but I do think I'd want Kyir Elam with the way that he's played the last two games um, that he's played against the Miami Dolphins, the way that he's been able to take away Tyreek Hill on a bunch of plays. He got the huge interception, which flipped 
momentum. Um, and then White, Trey White's starting to get more and more in rhythm. But you do wonder, there were some deep shots that Miami just missed um, that could have really changed the game. And you wonder if the Bengals are more able to hit those shots or if the Bills are able to make sure those don't get open. But in terms of the Bills, they're receiving core both uh, Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis over 100 yards last week. And I feel like they need to and should get as big, if not a bigger force this week with Cincinnati. Chidobi Awuzie got hurt this year. Um, so their corners are basically Cam Taylor Britt, a third round rookie with some ability, and Eli Apple on the outside. Um, you'd hope they'd be able to exploit that. Mike Killen's a very good slot corner. Um, so, but you. Now, do you think, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Do you think the run game could be a factor just because uh, mm. the the, uh, the Ravens did pretty good on the on the, yeah. on, the, on, the on the ground and mm. not only do you have Josh but like, mm. I think Dalvin and uh, and, and uh, Devin have just been yeah I'm sorry not Dalvin uh, James yeah. brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that they, um, for a reason, they didn't use a lot of the QB run game. Now, there was a couple of times where they handed off to the running back for negative yards where Allen could have taken it because the defensive line went straight to the running back and you didn't go through with it. But I do think sometimes it does feel like the Bills play a little bit more um, of their opponent where they try and see what they don't need to show in the bigger or in the smaller games. So in big games, you know, they can do more creative stuff and more aggressive things. So maybe they use a lot more of Allen, the run game um, and, you know, just some crazy formations and also moving their linemen out in space in the run game. Um, So if they can do that, get that effective. And then on the defensive side, um, take away the run game of the Bengals, which when it's on, it helps that offense a lot. But when it's off, that it, like it's been much of the year, um, and you're not getting much out of Mixon and P. Ryan, you can really um, force the Bengals into being a lot more um, unbalanced on offense, and then you know get them into long yard situations where they can't utilize the quick passing game as easily, and you force them to hold the ball for a little longer, and then maybe get those pressures that you really want. Um, I do wonder too, in the offense for the bills, McKenzie did, Isaiah McKenzie did practice fully. So what's, how much does he use? Is he active? Um, do they continue to use, you know, him in combination with Beasley and, um, excuse me, Shakir. And what does that mean for John Brown? But you hope that the bills are able to have a bunch of big plays in the passing game as they did this week without fully relying on the big passing game um, because when they didn't have that against Miami, they got a little stagnant. Um, Absolutely. And then uh, I'm mm-hmm. hoping Dawson will have a good game as well. Oh, yeah. He's been, mm-hmm. he's been on fire as of late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah. Um, so, so do you think uh, – mm-hmm. uh, so you're thinking Bills as well? Uh, I try not to pick the Bills ones just because they always make me, you know, nervous to begin with. But I do feel – I do really feel like they can get it done, but they, you know, again, they got to remove the bad errors that they had against Miami and just play the the way that they did before um, all those errors. And if they do that and are able to get kind of the Cincinnati that was a little 
iffy against Baltimore. I do like their chance a pretty good amount, but we don't really know until the ball is kicked off on Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, the last game, mm-hmm. which is going to be uh, 6.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Sunday, I think uh, one of the all-time great uh, mm-hmm. playoff rivalries yeah. there is, uh, San Francisco and uh, Dallas. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, God, I'm trying to remember back, there was a, there was a great old show on NFL Network as NFL Top Ten. It was the Top yeah. Ten rivalries. They were saying mm-hmm. it was like Five to seven years in a row, yeah. in the 80s and the 90s, it was San Francisco mm. and the Cowboys every single year and yeah. in the uh, championship game. So mm. th- this is going to be a, a great matchup for NFC, NFC playoffs, if you ask me. Uh, mm. I think it's going to be a very good game. Mm. Um, I think I'm going to go with San Francisco. Just, mm. just the way they're built, you just mm. don't see many, many ways that Cowboys can beat them, whereas the Cowboys have had mm-hmm. some pretty suspect games this year. Yeah, and you know, and you can't go wrong with a Bosa. I'll mm. say that. Oh yeah. And I will say, just I've always been a huge Chris McCaffrey fan, and mm-hmm. Shanahan was smart. You know, he they rolled the dice because mm-hmm. even the Bills were in on on possibly on McCaffrey this year. It's just you know, mm-hmm. San Fran had better opportunities to get him in. So mm. I think that could be the key. And, you know, just per- Purdy and Kittle, I'll also say, had a very good connection, I- I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they had a stretch in seven, four games. He had seven touchdowns, Kittle. So, you know, if they can keep that going against the Dallas defense, that'll be huge. I think the one thing that the Niners do really well is just they don't let you get pressure on their quarterback just between using motion using the run game, using, you know, all these crazy formations and making, you know, the defense think rather than just play and react. And, you know, they're the type of, you know, offense that can take a defense that relies on speed and athleticism like Dallas. And Dallas' speed and athleticism, you know, just dwarfed whatever Tampa Bay was able to do. But I don't think they can do the same thing to... um, you know, the Niners, even with Pert, Brock Purdy playing instead of Tom Brady, because it's just, um, you know, they just know how to put their players in the right position to succeed. And then they got, you know, a wide receiver that plays like a running back, like Debo Samuel, a running back that plays like a wide out a lot of the time, and um, Christian McCaffrey. Then they got check and Kittle. They can do whatever. Um, Brandon Ayuk might be their top flight receiver and he doesn't really get that many touches. Juwan Jennings, they're just so versatile. And of course, as I said earlier, uh, D'Amico Ryans, you know, you might be able to get a few plays against him for a half, but then second half comes and he just says, oh, these three to five things you do really well. Yeah, you're not doing that the rest of the game. So um, if you're Dallas, the best way for them to win is to get a two score more lead in the first half and then hope that that's enough throughout the rest of the game, but I feel like it'll be tight throughout, but then um, the Niners do pull away. I did see Dante Wittner on um, the um, the herd. I think it was today or yesterday, and he basically said that he feels like the Niners could win by three scores. I'm like, I mean, they could, but it's like if they do that to a pretty talented Dallas team that's had its you know issues, that 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 just further confirms, okay, that's a juggernaut team that, you know, regardless of who's under center is just, you know, um, super dangerous. Although I will say Purdy, 
did make some plays outside the pocket, including on the two touchdown, two touchdown throws that you didn't see from, you know, a Jimmy G. And that's just that extra element of, oh, he can spin out of pressure and make a couple throws to, you know, get those drives and the touchdowns rather than field goals. The last thing before we go, mm-hmm. I did want to bring up Robert. Do you mm-hmm. think if, if Purdy does good enough in these playoffs, do you mm-hmm. think that Shanahan might think, hmm, mm-hmm. like I don't think he'll trade Lance right away, but do you think they, they would literally make it like a competition? Yeah, oh, so, I... Yeah, I definitely think once it gets to training camp, if he somehow got to Super Bowl and won it or even got to the MC Tech, as long as he doesn't lose them a game, I think he's got an inside track to be the starter. Um, you know, and at that point, you're probably saying bye to Jimmy G and you just have him and Trey Lance go after it. I think Lance is super talented, but he just needs time and, you know, you know, time to play. And unfortunately, when you're a Super Bowl contender, um, regardless of who's under center, you don't have time to develop a guy. You kind of are just like, okay, um, you just need to do what the offense is drawn up to do, regardless of what your individual skills can bring. You know, Kalshan has basically built this offense to be like, okay, you do this if this happens, this if this happens, and you don't try and improvise or do anything else. That's where I think, at least early on, a guy like Trey Lance could succeed, but because, you know, he's not really going to be given or afforded that opportunity, um, you know, it does look like it'll be a Brock Purdy, um, or a decent situation for Brock Purdy to succeed in because he's just doing what the offense is set up to do. And occasionally when things break down, make a play outside of structure. Well, I think, you know, mm-hmm. again, I'm, uh, no matter what happens with Brock, I'm very mm-hmm. happy with, uh, with what he's done this year. Oh, as yeah. A football mm-hmm. fan. And uh, the, with the exception of the uh, Bucks-Cowboys game, playoffs mm-hmm. have been fantastic. So oh, far. yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I think we're in, a, in for a treat this weekend. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I always say it's the best time of year. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll be talking to you guys next week about the uh, upcoming championship games. Mm-hmm. So really look, looking forward to that. And uh, that'll do it for today. This is Andy. And this is Robin.